All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, February 2nd of 2023. I know we had golf teeing off teeing off this morning, so for all of you playing the Pro-Am, sweating that, good luck to you in all of your week-long and showdown contests. Looks like we got a seven-game NBA slate as well as a two-game hockey slate. Should be plenty to talk about, so if you guys have questions now, it's always a great time to get them in, as always. For those of you who are new here, welcome. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. My name is Coach Andrew. Uh, if you guys are not in the Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it, as always. And for those of you who are uh, not joined up with SaberSim, there's also a link to a no-strings-attached seven-day free trial. Check us out. See what's going on. Now is a great time to check us out. Heading into the weekend, I know MMA is back this weekend with no late swap. So plenty of people looking forward to playing some MMA this weekend. Um, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Ask any questions you guys want about how to use the app, uh, how to strategy, Whatever it may be, that is what we are here for. So going to get the app pulled up right now. Going to get SaberSim on the screen. Have a couple questions to get us rolling, and we will go from there. Uh, quick question here in the YouTube chat. Does subscription auto-renew after trial? So um, my understanding is that if you are doing a pro plan trial, the trial will cancel, and then you would have to uh, – resubscribe for it if you're already on like the standard plan right so if you're on the standard plan and you do a pro trial then that will uh auto cancel and then you would have to like upgrade your account if you do not have a trial then the trial after the trial end the trial will auto subscribe you i'm almost positive that's how it works all right uh first question here from ragnar viking 82 and question is, I'm having trouble building my NBA lineups. Is it? It is throwing players in there that have never played to put big name players in. Yeah. So uh, this came in yesterday. I did help Ragnar out, but just wanted to talk about it. You know, a lot of different ways to approach NBA contests. Uh, two of like the most popular kind of roster constructions that people talk about across the industry is like your stars and scrubs method, where you know, in order to get to the Nikola Jokic's and the Giannis's and the Lucas, uh, those guys take up a lot of salary, right? We can see them up here at the top of the projection page, you know, 12, two for Luca, 11, six for Jokic, 11, nine for Giannis. Like these guys absorb a lot of salary. So you're going to have to play a lot of loan plays or I'm sorry, lower salary plays in order to get these guys, right? Uh, if, if you're not comfortable playing some of these lower salary guys, um, you know, People call that like a more balanced build, playing a lot of guys in like the 7 to 10K range and kind of uh, balancing out your lineup. Uh, both approaches are viable. Both are okay. Um, in, in a situation like this, if, you, if you know, you're getting too many of these low salary guys that you uh, do not want to play, I would do two things. I would, one, experiment with a filter. I think a min projection filter is, is perfectly fine, you know, as you get into like some of these uh, 15 projected points and below, 
you know, most of these guys are going to be lower salary players uh, that you might not have heard of. Right. That sounded like that was kind of uh, the situation going on there. So I would uh, experiment with a min projection filter. You could experiment with a, with a min salary filter. I'd be really careful with the min salary filter because sometimes there's going to be a min salary guy who's just like in a smash spot and, you know, might be really high value. But if you do a salary filter, um, you might ex- end up excluding that player. So I think projection filters are a little safer. I would try that out and see if that can help you avoid some of those players that you might not want to play. But good question there. Going to move on. Um, Going to skip this one. Uh, so so Marsh, Marsh Picante, uh, let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Said, do you guys keep an ongoing record for props weekly or monthly? So, yes, we do have a prop tracking sheet. Uh, We did release our NBA prop plan in January. Has been going good so far. If you guys are on the pro plan and interested in the props, it should be available as an add-on to your account. So, if you're on the pro plan, you should have this add-on pop up where you can add a prop plan. Uh, We do all of the legwork and post the bets, the best bets for the day to the users in the discord about an hour to an hour and a half before lock. So if that's something you're interested in, check it out on the pro plan. And uh, we do have an ongoing record of how we are doing and we are doing very well so far. All right. Uh, Looper boss has two questions here. First question. Hey, Andrew, revisiting ownership sum, especially for NBA, it seems to me that setting this on your initial entries may not be optimal because other than ownership for players in early games, players' ownership becomes increasingly fragile as the slate progresses due to late swapping. Okay, so if you're interested in you know using an ownership sum rule to start, that's, that's fine. Uh, like you said, you know I think that this gets really tricky post-build post-lock because we are not rebuilding ownership post-lock. And as guys become value plays, as players get ruled out, I think a great example yesterday was, you know, Rudy Gobert gets ruled out and Nas Reed becomes great value. Uh, You know, it's going to be really hard to account for that because we are not rerunning ownership, right? So something I always tell people to do is adjust ownership for players as news breaks, you know, like let's say tonight, you know, we have Dallas here, if Luca gets rolled out, you know, I'm sure Dinwiddie's going to be more than 2% owned. I'm sure, sure Dorian Finney-Smith will be more than 5% owned. Uh, make some directionally correct adjustments to ownership here. You know, give the guys at least like 15% each, just, just a number in the right direction. That will also help any type of like ownership sum accuracy if you're running a rule for that. Or what you could do, you know, I would say like uh, tonight we have one game right at 7 p.m. Eastern and then two games at 7.30 Eastern. And then um, kind of a, a game starting like every half hour after that. I think at some point, you know, maybe you could delete the rule, right? So so do your initial build with the rule. Uh, let a couple of these games lock with the rule. Or, or even better, use the rule up until news breaks, right? So if you are using the rule, uh, an ownership sum rule, maybe it's like, you know, uh, aggregate lineup rule, my own sum no more than, I don't know, whatever you want to say, 200, right? Um, and you save that, and then it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to honor this rule. Uh, you know, no big news right at lock, no big news in these other games. But then Luka gets rolled out, right? And then as soon as Luka gets rolled out, uh, you delete the rule. 
and then you run your late swap with that rule off. At least you took advantage of the rule that mattered to you up until that point. But then once the news break, once the ownership was too hard for you to uh, determine, then you turned it off. So I think that, you know, that makes some sense as well. If you're trying to work it in and I, I would just uh, be flexible in these late swap scenarios with some of your rules, uh, be okay making adjustments on a slate by slate basis and situation basis. All right. Uh, follow up here or, or next question actually here from looper boss question is, is there a way to combine builds to fill contests in the app? For example, if I have one build that I want to use for 10 out of a 20 max and another build to fill the remaining entries, can I do that within the app other than downloading the CSVs and filling manually? I don't see how to do that in the app. Thanks. Okay. Looper boss. So you are correct. There is no way to do it within the app. If you want to do it, you will have to do it the way you just explained, which is, you know, within a build, you can download a CSV of the actual uh, lineups in the build. And I believe there was actually an update to this today. So if I, I'm going to go over to the release notes in Discord, anytime we post an update to the app, we post uh, release notes in the Discord channel. It's another great reason to be in the Discord. So Scott posted an update today. He said the download lineups function will now work contextually based on what tab you are viewing. When viewing the whole lineup pool, it will download the whole lineup pool. Downloading pool will also respect any filters that you have set. Okay. So what Scott is saying is that if I am on the lineups uh, tab uh, over on the right where it's showing my lineups, just my 20, whatever my number of lineups at the top shows, and I hit download lineups, that will only download 20. If I hit pool and hover over to pool, this green button changes and then now it says download pool. So this will download all 500 lineups. So just a small change. Uh, I know a lot of people do this for, for back testing purposes and different things like that. So just wanted you guys to be aware of that change. Um, but getting back to this, you would have to hit this download lineups button and then manually copy and paste the lineups into the CSV for the contest. This is a uh, feature request that, that we are aware of that we know people want to do. So I'm going to um, mark it down as that feature request looper boss in the discord. So I'll get that logged. Uh, you know, the more times these things come up, the easier it is for us to prioritize the feature because we know so many people in the community want that feature. So I will make a note of that looper boss. All right. Getting back to our next question here. That is all of our questions in the discord. Looks like there are a handful of questions already coming in in the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in, as always. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with we Zoom here. Let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. How do you get players not in the lineup to not show on the screen so all players are green and not green and gray? Uh, okay. So let me, let me get this straight here. So... I think what you're saying is that, you know, how do I only see the people that are in my lineup here? Um, there's no way to do that in the post build. There is only a way to do that in the pre build. So if you're on the home screen, you know, I can see all these guys here are a green name. Maybe I have like a filter set, right? So I'm just going to, I'm going to add a filter, uh, you know, min projection 18, just throwing one out there. So boom, I have 151 players removed from the pool. 
I can see that, you know, all the players in my pool are green. And then if I scroll down here uh, to where the players are below that filter, they are grayed out. The way to get rid of them is to hit this hide removed players button. It's a little eye icon over on the right-hand side next to lineup rules. If you hit that, all of those players will disappear and you will not see them. There isn't a way to do this in the post build, mostly because, you know, you might have no exposure to a player that you want exposure to, right? So, you know, if I were to sort by projection here and, you know, I have no LeBron James, uh, that doesn't mean I I, I want that, right? Uh, I need to be able to view that player in order to come in here and change his main exposure. So no way to do it in the post build, but that is how you do it in the pre-build by using that little eye icon and hitting hide remove players. All right, next question uh, from Andrew Hannon. Say, hey, Andrew, had a great night last night in the Minimax on DK, top 1% finish. Great help yesterday with the 99th percentile. Question for me today is unique. Preference for you or slate dependent? Hey, congratulations on the success. You know, I love when people uh, spend time watching the show, spend time interacting, engaging, asking questions, and then end up doing really well. Like that is like the number one thing that, I get from this show, you know, that is just so much intrinsic value there that uh, I, I really root for you guys on a night to night basis. So getting back to this question, you know, mini uniques, right? Uh, what do I think about mini uniques? How do I handle it? Frankly, I, 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 I think there's two ways to go about this, right? I think that one, um, you can treat every lineup in your pool as viable and you can try to get as many mini uniques as you can in order to uh, make your lineups that you take with you into your contests as diverse as possible. that That's one way to do it, right? So here, so here I have 500 lineups. I'm going to increase my number of mini uniques to four. It looks like I can go a little higher, uh, maybe five here. And, okay, I'm at five. I'm at lineup 359. I'm pretty sure I can't go higher. So I'd probably just stop here. You know, mini uniques to five, that would be like my maxed out version um, and I'm okay with that, right? I think that's great. Another option is, you know, people are, you know, using custom metrics and uh, really valuing uh, whatever lineup sorting method they're using, right? So sometimes people are like, hey, you know, I kind of uh, really care about, you know, my, my lineup sorting method. I The Sabre score of the lineups matters to me. So I'm going to try and stay in the top, you know, 50% of my pool and kind of stop there. So maybe instead of mini uniques five, I use mini uniques four, you know, for instance, I have lineup 182 and then I have lineup 271 here. So I am okay stopping at mini uniques four in order to play higher, more higher saver score lineups in my set. Right. So there's not a wrong or right way to think about it. Um, I've had people come in the show and be like, hey, you know, I I really want to maximize for upside and I'm okay, you know, losing all of my entry fees on a night in an effort to 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 maximize uh, those times when I win. And in that case, you know, for, for that specific player, I suggested using no, min, like using one min unique. Um, you know, if you're, you know, okay with that risk profile and, playing less bankroll on a night to night basis and you just want to play the best plays, right? Uh, you know, using mini uniques of one and, and maximizing for upside is okay too. So kind of have to understand the player you player you are, understand your risk tolerance, 
Um, balance that with the amount of bankroll you're playing on a night to night basis and figure out what makes sense for you. So those are the three different like ways I would approach it and, uh, come at it, but give it, give it some thought, you know, figure out who you are, figure out what works best for your process and make a determination. I think at the end of the day, the, the, the thing that I kind of get from explaining it all these different ways is that there is no right answer. It is up to the user to determine what is right for the user. So that's my thoughts. Let me know if you have any follow-up or feedback. All right. Uh, next question here from Chase Hollins. Chase said, speaking of Nas Reed, he ended up getting almost 50% ownership. Do you think that all of that was late swap or was he owned like 20% then the rest was swapped? So I know it's probably contest dependent and, and also uh, site dependent. So like, for instance, I think in the, and the 222 on FanDuel, he came in about like 23% owned, if if I recall correctly. So like, um, but then I also saw, you know, in like the 888 on DraftKings, he was like 78% owned, right? So so one, it's it's site dependent. Two, it's like contest dependent. Um, you know, these higher dollar contests, you know, the best players are going to be more owned because uh, everybody in those contests are swapping for the most part. And, uh, depending on the contest, you know, it probably depends on the amount of users, uh, swapping optimally. Right. So I, I, frankly, I don't think he was that high owned unless people were, uh, pre-planning for Rudy Gobert to be, um, ruled out. You know, Rudy Gobert was questionable going into slate lock. Maybe some people, you know, made some adjustments based on that, but I would probably say most of that ownership all came after the Gobert news being ruled out. All right. Next question here from Clay Davis. Clay said, how do you run the optimal lineup using Sabersim? So depends what you're looking for, right? When you say optimal, uh, if you are looking for like the projected score optimal, what I would do is I would come into the build screen and I would change my style to cash. When you change it to cash, it is going to turn off all of the sliders so no correlation metric, no ownership fade metric. Sim diversity is off. When sim diversity is off, we are using the mean score that you see on the home screen to build your lineup. So the builder is going to construct a mathematical optimal lineup based on projected score. And then it is going to uh, you know, create the next mathematical optimal and then uh, create descending from there. Projected score is the default fill method for cash. If you are looking to like simulate, you know, how, how well players do, um, on like a, uh, simulation basis, right? What we call that is like a research build. And what we suggest doing is a zero, zero, 10 build, uh, at zero, zero, 10, what is going to happen is that we are going to basically simulate the entire slate one time. Like each game is going to be played once. And then we are going to take all of the scores that the players scored in that one slate simulation and build the optimal lineup based on that. And then we are going to do that, you know, 500 times for a pool size of 500. And that is a way of like uh, simulating over and over again um, the optimal frequency for players, right? So, so a cu couple of different ways to kind of approach that. But uh, those are like the two most common uh, optimals that, that I can think of off the top of my head. So if you guys are have a different interpretation or looking for something different, just, just let me know. 
All right. Uh, we zoom said sometimes when I sort by leverage, the rows get all messed up. Uh, what's the best way to know what lineup has the best upside saber score or projected score? Okay. So if you are uh, sorting by leverage, that, that is going to change things, right? So what, when you sort by leverage, like in the post build, what leverage is, is all it is, is your exposure minus the player's ownership. So it's going to tell you how much of your lineup portfolio has a player as opposed to what we perceive this player to be owned by all of the lineups in the field. So for instance, let's say you're playing like the piggy bank, right? Um, we are saying that we think Ty Jerome is going to be approximately in 49% of lineups in the contest. But we are also saying that, you know, here he is in 20 out of your 20 lineups. So he is in 100% of your lineups. So on like a player by player basis, you have more leverage on Ty Jerome than the field does. And, and that goes the same for all of these other players. So when you sort by leverage, it is going to go and find all of your highest leverage plays and then sort them descending. You can also sort inversely and see the guys that you are lowest on. So like eight, we're saying about 19% of the field is going to roster Quentin Grimes. You have 0% of that player. So that is also something for you to like be aware of and, and take into account here. So positive and negative leverage, it is going to uh, sort all of your data differently. If you want to go back to sorting by exposures, just click back on this exposure column and then it will sort that descending. All right. Uh, Andrew Hannon with a little feedback said, well said, thank you. Good luck tonight. Good luck to you as well. And uh, next question here from Chase Hollins. Would you say MMA is a sport where you sort with percentiles or Sabre score, score, same question for golf. Okay, I think this is a good question here. So um, I let I, I would do it based on the slider settings, right? So I'm going to go over to uh, DraftKings. I'm going to go over to golf. Let's do golf first, and let's talk about if we are uh, using the entire – we'll talk about weekend and showdown here. So for the weekend, right, usually there are about like 160 golfers – in the uh in the in the pool and it's and it's a cut event right so let's see what the what the sliders are uh three eight so owner or this is a 20 max you know let's do like 150 max here so 410 so ownership fade is pretty high sim diversity is 10 so we are taking uh you know at, at the biggest ranges we're taking single slate optimals with uh with a high ownership adjustment here right and then you know maybe you're playing like some single entries very common and same diversity goes down, ownership fade still taken into account. I think that if I'm playing um, the weekend here, I'm okay with both Sabre score or a percentile, depending on the type of contest that I'm playing. My intuition here is that for these uh, larger field contests, I'm probably sorting with Sabre score just because of the ownership fade slider. I want to make sure that you know with with golf with a with a no correlation sport like golf aside from tee times um i i do want to account for this ownership fade and not just raw upside i think there's a case to be made that you know just a percentile is fine since you don't need to find the optimal in the weekend long which which i think makes some sense so i'm i'm fine with saver score or a percentile based on your preference here i think both have merit um, if we get into some of these showdowns, right? Like round one PGA showdown, I'm interested to see what the sliders are here. So if we go, you know, to like a, 
a 20 max, or I think we did a 150, 50. Okay, sliders are the same. And then a single entry, one to 10,000. Sliders are also the same. So I, I think both are okay. I really do. Um, especially in these like larger field events. I think, you know, like we saw when golf kicked off, when we saw that like 40 person field where it's like kind of invite only. Um, I think Sabre score makes a lot more sense because the optimal construction, you're going to be a lot closer if not get the optimal construction when you're lined up with these really small fields with these no cut events. Um, so I'm more inclined to use Sabre score in a situation like that. But I think in these large field events, you could probably go with either, or I, I haven't done any back testing or heard of any back testing where one is better than the other. All right. That was our last question in the YouTube chat. Looks like I have one more question here in the discord. If anybody has any final questions, now is a great time to get them in. All right. JDS dog said in the discord, get this in the YouTube chat. It seems like as the day goes on, Saberton projections get closer and closer to other sites projections and to player prop lines from various books. Curious if S if Saberton is intentionally slightly anchoring projections to other sources as the day goes on, or if not, is Saberson slow to update projections? Okay. So good question here. Frankly, I don't know the answer to this question specifically. I will say that we do use guardrails in our projections. You know, we are aware of Vegas totals. We are aware of, you know, prop lines. Um, we, we are aware of what the industry is, is projecting these players at, uh, you know, we, we, we have checks and balances in place to make sure like we are not, you know, 10 points over a team total, uh, way, way, way off from Vegas. Uh, you know, all of that is, is worked into the model to make sure that we are, uh, not missing like a, like something like a big injury. You know, I think tonight golden state is, is resting their all their starters tonight, you know, a big golden, golden state value slate, um, we can, we can hover over here and look who's out, you know, no Steph, no Wiggins, no clay, no Draymond, you know, it's going to be Jordan pool and, and all of the backups really. Right. So I don't know what this opened up at. Uh, we could probably go and check by going to the uh, fantasy labs, Vegas dashboard for NBA, but I bet you their team total has come down significantly. Right. Uh, we don't want to miss that news. You know, we have uh, alerts and, and, and different things that we do on our back end to make sure we are, keeping up with current data. So I think it has more to do uh, with, with some of those things that we have in place. We just want to make sure that we're always posting accurate information. I don't know why it changes. Um, that would be probably a good question to uh, post in, in the, um, in one of like the NBA channels and see if anybody on the team, like Matt or Eric or will can give you some feedback on that. But that is my best understanding of how that process works. All right. A uh, question here in the YouTube chat from Jeffrey. Jeffrey said on the site, is there a way to see a player's game logs instead of the graph of the Sims? The player achieves a certain number of fantasy points. Okay, Jeffrey. So we do not have historical data on the site. I would recommend using something like basketball reference where you can go on there, type a player's name in at the top and see all of their game logs for, you know, the entire season, basically. Uh, the graphs here are our simulated outputs for this specific game. And, um, you know, we do not have historical data. Frankly, we think there are a lot of places to, to view that data freely, easily, and uh, don't want to uh, kind of clutter the app 
by trying to fit that in somewhere. So, so this range of outcomes is based on our simulations for today's game, you know, based on the the players on the court, off the court, et cetera. And then this would change on a day-to-day basis. And then I would, I would really recommend something like basketball reference for game logs. All right. Uh, looks like we are all caught up in both the discord and the YouTube chat. Good show today, everybody. We will be right back tomorrow for our Friday show, last show of the week. So until then, if you guys are building lineups, if you guys are working in the app, doing different things ahead of uh, games today and a question crosses your mind, please throw it in the Office Hours channel. Uh, A steady queue of questions to get us going helps the show to kind of flow in the beginning as everyone continues to tune in and ask more questions. So until tomorrow, I will see you all and good luck in your contests.